Hello, friends. My name is Marcy Youngster, and you are listening to the Catholic Whisperer Podcast. This channel will be about discussing how to live your faith, love your family, and create a life of fulfillment by becoming your very best and helping everyone in your path. Welcome, my friends, to my fifth episode of my new podcast called The Catholic Whisperer. Today, I'm going to talk about my life as a missionary Irish Catholic. And I have two questions for you. Number one, how do you share your faith? And number two, do you share it one by one? Or how do you do it? My friends, today, I want to talk to you about how I live my Catholic faith and why I live it the way I do and why I feel so compelled to share who I am, why I love Jesus, and why I care so much about people. First of all, we are each called to evangelize by virtue of our baptism. And what does that mean? Father Justin Paskert who is the current pastor at our nearby parish church, Our Lady of the Rosary, recently explained that evangelization is where we simply share our own personal testimony, our own personal faith experiences and life journey as a way of opening the hearts of other people to the possibilities of the faith in their life. So simply sharing my life story the little miracles, if you will, in my life is one way that I uh, use my life story to evangelize other people. Father Justin explained that there are three steps to the process. Evangelize leads to teaching, which leads to baptism. But each one of us who has been baptized is called to share the faith. As I used to always fondly tell my children and the little children I taught catechism to, remember to live the faith, love the faith, learn the faith, spread the faith, and be the faith. Now, my instincts since my childhood have always been wanting to share my faith. It's not like anyone repeatedly told me to do it. It was like an innate gifting Uh, an innate desire within me. I believe it's part and parcel of the gift of exhorting, which I believe God gave to me at my creation or at my baptism. And exhorting is basically kind of what an ENFP, which again, is my Myers-Briggs personality. It's, It's the gift and the desire to go attract people to Jesus to attract a lot of people to Jesus. I may not be the person to go really deeply with each person, but I kind of want to go ignite a spark within people. I want to blow on the embers of the faith of everyone I meet. It's in me. It's just this desire. And as I recently read, the desires that we have in our heart were first in the heart of Jesus. 
They first were there. So if you're feeling holy desires, ask yourself, was was this desire in the heart of Jesus first? Now, here's a quote from Venerable Fulton Sheen, which I absolutely love. And it goes like this. Christianity is not a system of ethics. It is a life. It is not good advice. It is divine adoption. Being a Christian does not consist in just being kind to the poor, going to church, singing hymns, or serving on parish committees, though it includes all of these. It is first and foremost a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And my friends, my heartfelt burning desire to share my faith is because I have already been given so much. I cannot keep it a secret. I don't like seeing spiritual poverty in other people without sharing the richness and the riches that God has put into my heart. My instincts since childhood were were fed because in my Catholic family, I was very generously supplied with religious books. I was put in a very good Catholic school at the time where nuns wore habits to the ground. My parents took us to Mass every Sunday and every Holy Day. I had the example of a very devout grandmother who, even in her old age, feeble as she was, every single day, called a cab and went to Holy Mass at the St. Louis Cathedral. I can still remember seeing her praying in the Blessed Sacrament, excuse me, in the Chapel of Our Lady in the St. Louis Cathedral. And I can still remember as a little girl when each year she would take me out for lunch for my birthday. My birthday being the third week in November. At that time in St. Louis, already the downtown stores were filled with images of Christmas and Santa Claus and presents and all of the wonder and magic of Christmas that in those days was beautifully displayed not only in the store windows, but Famous and Bar created a winter wonderland. And my grandmother would take me out for lunch. I would get all dressed up in a beautiful velvet dress. And she would take me in a cab downtown. And we would have this very elegant ladies lunch. And then she would take me to the winter wonderland. But on that same trip, invariably, we would pass by this storefront. And I don't really know what it was. But in this storefront, maybe it was a hotel, it was called the Alverne, there was a chapel to the Blessed Sacrament. And my dear, beautiful grandmother would take me into this darkened chapel, only illuminated by a few candles. And there she would kneel in front of the Blessed Sacrament in prayer. And I can remember looking up at her face and feeling the spirituality and feeling her holiness. And I've never, ever forgotten those impressions and those moments. If I want to think about how to be devoted to Jesus in the holy sacrament of the altar, I simply have to recall those holy moments when I was eight years old, 
watching my beloved and holy Irish grandmother. So I've been exposed to many beautiful moments. They have fed my spirit. They have enriched my soul. And they've created in me a desire to live and emulate and love and share what I've been given. Now, I want to talk to you about something. Catholics are Christians. Catholicism is Christianity. Jesus founded the Catholic Church, and initially all Catholics were called Christians. I've always wondered why I'm called Catholic, because I am Christian. And I know the word Catholic means universal. So I was amazed in the last two months to read the exact reason why. Jesus had foretold that the gates of hell would never prevail against his church. That doesn't mean it would not be attacked. It does not mean there would not be divisions and splinters and heresies and things that would come to attack it. We only have to look at the first three centuries of Christianity to see how the pagan emperors cruelly tortured and put to death. Hundreds, if not thousands, of the very first Christians being fed to the lions, having their heads cut off, being shot filled with arrows, being burned, horrible tortures. And yet the more the Christians were put to death, the more pagans rushed to become Christian. Why? Well, Tertullian, who was a famous writer in those early times, said, the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christianity. So why, why am I called Catholic and not just Christian? Simply because as time developed, as different groups broke off from the original Christianity, we ended up having Greek Orthodox, Serbian Orthodox, Coptic Orthodox, Ukrainian Orthodox, different groups of Christians broke away from the Church of Rome, and they took as their name the locality in which they were living. So it became the Greek church, or the Ukrainian church, or the this church, or the Armenian church. Well, the original Christian church wanted to have a top, a title to designate the difference and to designate that they were the original church founded by Jesus on the shoulders of the the apostles. And so the term Catholic was used because Catholic means universal. Jesus said to go and preach the gospel to all nations. He didn't tell us to have just the locality of an area to define ourselves. We are called to spread the gospel to every single person we meet in every country. This is one reason I want to have a podcast. I want to have a YouTube channel. I want my voice to go as far as the winds, as far as the internet will carry my voice. May God's grace float on my words and touch souls. Because my friends, we live in very dark and scary times. And I've been given too much to keep my voice quiet any longer. So the meaning of the word Catholic means universal. 
and Jesus said to go and preach the gospel to all nations. I actually have met a, a priest in Africa on Facebook, and he does all sorts of things on Facebook. And I private messaged him and congratulated him, and he said, of course I must do this. Jesus gave each of us the command to spread the gospel to all nations, and this is my way of doing it. Jesus said there should be one fold and one shepherd, and he is the shepherd of all of the baptized. But there are differences. There are gifts from being Catholic that those who are not part of the established Catholic Church do not receive or have access to. And I will talk more about that on another episode. For today, I want to talk about how I live my life as a missionary Catholic through my Irish heart. And so one way is prayer, obviously. Nothing happens without prayer. All of my actions will have no merit, will have no good results if they are not mystically fed with the mystical life of supernatural grace. And as St. Augustine said, prayer is the key of heaven. If you want to open the bounteous treasury of heaven, my friends, prayer, ask, ask, ask like a little child. Study. I study all the time. I'm always reading. I may not read a book from start to finish, but I study, I read, I save. I have so many notes saved. I have index cards with things written on them. I have files. I have sections in my notes app on my phone loaded with things. I record every sermon of every Holy Mass I attend on my phone. I've purchased a transcription service, so I transcribe many of them so that I have fuel to feed the people I meet. Sacrifice. We need to make sacrifices. We need to do penance. We need to give of ourselves to God. We need to do little things that pinch us, you might say, that are little love offerings to give to God. Speak. We need to speak to people. We need to speak faith and life and hope and goodness into the ears and hearts of people we meet when the Holy Spirit whispers to us that it's time to do that. So how do you know when to do that? Because you've been praying, because you've been studying, because you've been sacrificially living as a living sacrifice, living in union with your holy baptism. Jesus wants us to talk to him in the silence of our hearts. And if we're quiet enough, he will whisper back. What do you hear? Do you hear words? Do you feel nudges? Do you experience feelings? Do you you feel your heart beat faster with love? Listen, listen, go silently apart and just start asking the Holy Spirit to come to you. Just keep saying, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. He will come. So follow your instincts. Another way we can spread our faith is through our example. Just simply obey God. Just simply live your faith. Live out your baptism. You don't need to do it dramatically. Just quietly live your life. I guarantee you people will notice. People are constantly watching us to see what they can criticize and gossip about. 
Well, do something good. Let them gossip about something good they catch you doing. I'm not saying to do it to draw attention. I'm saying live your life in union with Jesus, in union with your baptismal calling, and invariably people will see what you're doing and hopefully they'll catch some of the fire of the love that God has put within you. Love people. Be be the best version of yourself. Something I love to do, which is in keeping with my gift of exhorting, it's not necessarily something you would want to do or everyone would want to do, but it's something I innately just started doing. And then it dawned on me, not everyone does this. But as I'm just out in Walmart or at the post office or in the dollar store, invariably, I will strike up a conversation. And my heart quickly likes to see if um, there's any sign of faith in the person. I look to see if they have any jewelry on that's a cross, maybe a miraculous medal of Mary. And I quickly figure out a way to start a conversation. My heart wants to see if there's any vestiges of living faith that this person is willing to share with me. So I will invariably make a few comments. And I am constantly inspired to see the friendships and the stories and the results that come about from me merely doing this. There is a scripture quote that I love so very much, and it talks about the smoking flax. It says in this particular scripture that Jesus did not come to extinguish the smoking flax, or nor to crush the bruised reed. I feel I am called to find the smoking flax, to breathe on souls, to help them to reignite into a burning flame. Jesus came to ransom us from sinful death, and he did that. And what grief he experiences to see souls then turn their backs on him and go back into a life of sin to once again be enslaved by the forces of hell. My friends, you and I can do a lot to rescue people who have been deceived and have willingly or unwillingly or unknowingly gone back into the clutches of the evil one. My life passion is to rescue, inspire, and help to save as many souls for Jesus as is humanly and supernaturally possible. And so I live my faith as a shepherdess. I consider every person I meet as a potential lamb of mine. If we're called to be Jesus in this world, to be his hands and his feet and his heart and his voice, then that means I am called to look at the people I meet as lambs of his. What can I say or do? Pray. What can I do for this person? On that note, I'm going to leave you until the next time. And I ask for your prayers as I assure you of mine. God bless you and let me know what other things you would like me to talk about. Until next time, I'm Marcy Youngster. Goodbye. 
So my friends, we've come to the end of today's broadcast. I invite you to subscribe and share the Catholic Whisperer podcast with all of your friends. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram as the Catholic Whisperer. Until next time, together, let us live our faith, love our faith, learn our faith, spread our faith, and be our faith. I'm Marcy Youngster. Until next time, God bless you and everyone you love.